everyone, you're listening to Figuring It Out with Austin and Spencer. We're here in the studio, rocking with you on a Thursday for episode 12. Yes. Can you believe we're on episode 12? It's hard to believe. Time flies when you're having fun, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, so it's getting around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Starting to watch a couple Christmas movies, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. So, so what are your favorite Christmas movies? Favorite Christmas movies? Oh my goodness, I don't know. Um... Like what would be your like top three? My top three. Okay, yeah. that's it. Okay, I can work with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have a hard time fa- like narrowing down favorite movies, like uh-huh. favorite food, favorite movies. I'm like, just give me like a top three, and I'll ballpark. <laughs> yeah, very indecisive. Person. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, Christmas movies though. Ooh. Hmm. I would say Elf is up there. Definitely. Okay, yeah. Elf's a classic. You can't go wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Um, Christmas Carol, the Jim Carrey one, the cartoon one. That's okay. dope. That's, I don't know if I've seen that one. It came out in like 2010. Okay. It's really good. We watched it. I watched it the other night with my family. It's really well done. Um, pretty much stays true to the story. I read the story in high school, I think. Yeah. I, from what I remembered, it was fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was cool. And then, ooh, my third one. I mean, you could say Christmas Vacation. That's always a classic. Oh, yeah. But that's... Yeah, that's like that's like everybody's top three, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, but like it just like proves that those are the some of the best Christmas yeah. movies. I'd say Christmas Vacation, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, is like one of the most quotable movies. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I quote that movie like year round, <laughs> like, so that when it comes to Christmas time, it's nothing new. No, no, no I'm it's, ready. I have it already. Um, what are your top three? Top three. Well, let's see, I don't know. These might not be in order. You know, I'm also, I guess, an indecisive person. <laughs> no. uh, National Lampoons, uh-huh. Christmas Story with Ralph. Oh, oh Christmas Story, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, I got that you. That one's always on Christmas Eve. Yep. Lately, we've, like, my family always watches it on Christmas Eve. Lately, mm-hmm. we've been, like, a little sick of it. Okay. Which sounds bad because it's a fantastic movie. Okay, yeah. But, like, you know, we've been watching it, like, every year, mm-hmm. Christmas Eve. So we started watching, like, Office Christmas episodes. Okay. That, that's. Eve. Uh, arguably better (laughs) (laughs) they're great oh Um, yeah exactly hey it's christmas themed it's christmas time you can watch it if it's got christmas themed in it right exactly there it is if it's christmas if it takes place the movie takes place on christmas and there's christmas lights and christmas trees it's a Christmas movie. Is that you aiming for uh, Die Hard Belongs as a Christmas movie? We were told not to talk about that, but yes, that was it. So that's, that's, that's that was the, your subtle plug. I, I had to get the subtle jab in there, but yes, that's it. It's a Christmas movie. There's not really any debate about it. I mean, you can debate it, whatever. You can debate anything. But in my mind, there's no debate about it. It's a Christmas movie. Yeah. But that's, that's where I stand, and I feel the majority of people stand as well. But... Yeah, so today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about um, a topic that kind of, it's very abstract. It's, when you think of it, you're kind of like, yes and, and no, right? Um, and it's the, it's the question, uh, is God angry at me? Like, hmm. we see a lot in scripture that, like, especially in the Old Testament, like, God like he ruled with vengeance. Like if I mean, you read the, he, he flooded the whole earth. He flooded the whole earth. He like he like there were a lot of people slayed arguably at his hand and so that's a and we're going to dive into like God's anger showed in the Bible in a later podcast so yeah. stick around for that. Stick- um yeah, stick around. <laughs> you got to come back if you want to hear it. But um Today, we're going to be asking the question, is God angry at us, and how that affects the way we live right now? Mm. And I don't know, for me, when 
I have a problem, and that is people pleasing. I love. Uh, I don't like it when people are upset at me. I've been the way that way <laughs> since I was a kid. Even now, when somebody is upset at me, I have to find a way to make it right. And so when I feel when I feel that somebody is angry at me or somebody is mad at me, I just kind of retreat inward and I just get real quiet and I just I I pester the person and say, "Hey, what can I do to make it better? What can I do to make it right?" Mm-hmm. And Sometimes they're just so annoyed and they say, oh, it'll be fine, whatever, it's not a big deal. And then sometimes they're like, yeah, I mean, you could apologize more. <laughs> yeah. like, but that's kind of how I feel when, like, when I, ha- when I say something maybe I shouldn't say or I, I should have done something that I didn't do. And I feel sometimes in my own life that God is maybe angry at me. Hmm. I don't know. Have you had a similar experience before? Yeah, yeah, I think, like, when, you know, maybe, like, you mess up or you don't. Like, maybe you, like, ignore something that you feel like God's been trying to tell you to do, and you don't do it, and you kind of feel that, like, oh, maybe he's upset at me, I'm going to yeah. be, I'm, he's going to get payback. Yeah. Like, something bad's going to happen. It's kind of like that idea of karma. Yeah. Like, because I did something wrong, that means automatically something's going to come back and bite me in the butt, and that makes us kind of, like, afraid of yeah. God, and not the way that we're supposed to fear God, mm-hmm. and, like, we're like, uh-oh, like, he's, he's going to get me, I better be what watching out and so like you said we kind of get quiet and for me like you said uh i'm like not a people pleaser mm-hmm. but i'm always like aware like oh i wonder if they're mad at me i wonder if i did them yeah. wrong in some way yeah and so it gives me an anxiety yeah and so when we think that god's mad at us like it kind of gi- it gives me anxiety yeah like oh i messed up i didn't do this i didn't do that mm-hmm. and then i have this anxiousness mm-hmm. like oh no like yeah absolutely. <laughs> i'm not connecting with god how i'm supposed to yeah, and I think that's like this idea of God being angry is, I don't know, in a lot of people I've talked to and, and things I've read, it's like they 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 point to the Old Testament specifically and say, how can a, a loving God do that, right? How can a loving God say, like, it, or for lack of a better term, kill those people, that's right? A, that's a big question that, I, that I've heard a lot of people say. Yeah, and so they take that and they kind of extrapolate that and say, well— the Bible does say, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Also, fear God and keep his commandments. And they and I think we have kind of misinterpreted what the word fear means there, right? Yeah. Because you said, like, fearing God in the, in the way we should, right? Like, there's a way to fear God that's healthy, but mm-hmm. there's a way that, to fear God that's unhealthy. And that is kind of the idea, like, angry living in, in fear of living in dread is a better word i would say yeah of what of what god's going to do yeah. to us if we don't if we're not perfect if we're not perfect people all the time and i think that's where this idea of like unhealthy fear comes from in our relationship in our walk with god right mm-hmm. yeah and i so the fear that we're talking about because it calls us to like fear god yeah and i was just, yeah there's a bunch of scripture that says fear god and keep his commands absolutely yeah. and i was just having this discussion with one of my friends this past week uh, like, what does it mean exactly to fear God and how we get that mixed up? And it's this respect that you have for God. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, what, like, why should I fear God? And it's because you love him. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like this respect. I'm not, I'm going to avoid doing this or avoid living like that. So out of my love for you, mm-hmm. out of the respect that I have for you. And yeah. so there's a, a big difference mm-hmm. between being afraid or dread, yeah. dreading and, that type of fear. Well, you think about it, like God all throughout scripture is compared to a father, right? Just as a father cares for his children, so the heavenly father, so the Lord God cares for you, right? It's things like that. Like I I respect 
my father. I respect him, right? I, I'm not afraid of him, but when he asks me to do something, I, I do it out of respect, right? Yeah. And it's not because um, I live like, oh, no, if I don't do it, he's going he's gonna to punish me, mm-hmm. right? It's like, okay, I, I know that you are wise. I know that you're asking me to do this. I know that you probably know more than I do, right? <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to do it. Exactly. And that's the same, the same kind of function that our relationship with God has, right? We as humans, we're, not, we're never going to know everything. We're never going to be the, the fancy Bible word for it is omniscient. We're never going to know every single thing that there is to know. We're never going to know all these little intricacies about how the universe functions and be able to, to function based off of that. So when, when God asks us to do something, fearing God or having respect and reverence is saying, hey, you, you do know more than I do, maybe. So I'm going to obey based off of that. And I guess to tie back into what the question was, the original question is, is God angry with me? No, God's not angry with you. Even what, even if you have done the worst possible thing that you can imagine and you think you're so far beyond redemption, Scripture paints a very different picture, right? You see in the Old Testament, and again, like I said, we're going to dive into this in a later episode, um, those specific instances in the Old Testament that where it shows like God punishing people. What a lot of people don't realize is his call for like repentance and to turn back and to walk with him before that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at the whole book of Isaiah specifically, and Isaiah has a lot of judgments. And uh, like in the first part of Isaiah, probably Isaiah, like the end of chapter one to about chapter 40, there's a lot of judgments in there, right? There's a lot of like harsh judgments that just seem cruel. But the beautiful thing about that book is that Isaiah chooses to start the book with something that I think informs the entire interpretation of the rest of his his prophecy, and that's God calls the his, the the people of Israel or those listening to repent. Right? He says, "If you turn and follow me, and if you turn and walk in my ways, I will I will make your sins though they be scarlet, I will make them whiter than snow." Right? Mm-hmm. And it's this this emphasis towards following God, walking with God, and and so this anger that we see like. For those listening, God is not angry at you, or God does not is not about to strike you down with a lightning bolt, or he's not going to beat you over the head with a billy club. That's not the God we serve. The God we serve is governed by his good nature, meaning he, he doesn't do anything bad, right? But he's, he's also governed by his love for us, right? He loves us with this, this great love that, honestly, I don't think we can properly put into words. <laughs> not at all. Uh... But so the bridge, though, from the Old Testament to the New Testament is Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I mean, people that like know Jesus back in because they had heard about him, Mm -hmm. about this Messiah that was coming. Um, And so he he comes down on earth and shows us like how God loves us. Yeah. And he was the love that showed mercy and saved all of us. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's how God really shows us his love is through Jesus. And that's that's the beautiful thing that like and that's what just makes God's love so just so like lofty, you could say. It's so uh-huh. like almost uncomprehensible. It's because why would the God, the creator of the universe, choose to make himself to take on sinful flesh for us? Yeah. Right? For because I mean, even you, you read back in Noah's day, there was a lot going on. Like, that's why God flooded the earth, because there was so much. The earth was already so rampant with sin, right? Mm-hmm. And 
like even today like the earth is just rampant with heartache and sadness and brokenness and sin and just things that god did not intend but the beautiful thing is that jesus took on sinful flesh for us right and he lived a perfect life he accomplished what no other human could accomplish because of his great love for us right it doesn't matter who you are Mm -hmm. or where you come from but if you turn to god to jesus and you surrender yourself to him like Mm. he will love you and it's it's great like you said it's hard to comprehend like Mm -hmm. how can how can this great perfect god Mm -hmm. love someone like me and i don't think we're ever going to truly i don't think we're ever going to fully comprehend it here right in this life and this in temporal reality i don't think we're ever going to be able to fully comprehend or fully relate to god and like we talked last week if you guys listen to last week's episode we talked about eternity right and the thing about like right now temporal reality we should be living for eternity but the thing we talked about was how we were not made to to dwell in in sin right we were made to walk in communion with god and when jesus comes back and when he returns he will revelation 21 5 says that he will right every wrong he will wipe away every tear there will be no more pain no more sickness no more cancer no more death there'll be no more heartache and sadness and then we will like we will fully we, like now we see god with spiritual eyes but then we'll see god with physical eyes and i think that is when it's going to click for us like, yeah. like oh it's just this realization this kind of setback you go oh so that's like that's who was with me the whole time, mm-hmm. right? And I can't wait. I can't wait for that moment because that's going to be so cool. I've often I've often pictured that that moment in, in my head, and like just I actually I thought about um, for those of you that don't know, I've mentioned it before, but I, I I'm an English major, so I've done a lot of writing at school, and I actually thought about writing a I, I thought about writing something on like putting a first per- from a per- first person perspective in that ending scene that'd like, be pretty cool the ending scene of scripture how would like what would the surroundings be like what would it what would it feel like to see jesus like physically come down through the clouds like that is going to be it's going to be what? great right <laughs> what <laughs> but that is the beautiful thing about the love of god is that it's it's something that we can't fully under- understand but something we look forward to like stepping into right mm-hmm. And I think that is what should motivate us to to love others, right? Yeah. And it's been it's been a weird year, a lot of and I I'm not gonna get into it. We've we've heard it everywhere. Every like on the radio, in church, whatever. We've heard it everywhere. Like twenty twenty has been crazy, right? It has. That's right. And we need to be the hands and feet of Jesus now more than ever. Not because of anything great about us, but because of his great love for us. Like that is what that's why he left us here. That's why when when we die, we don't go right to heaven because Jesus wants us to to first receive this love and then be instruments of displaying this love to others. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh well I think we see like little like God shows us his love in like little different ways, like yeah. through mercy and this comfort and this joy that like we talked about in an early episode, this joy and he he fills us up with his love. Mm-hmm. To a point where there's there's this um picture uh of where he's filling our cup mm-hmm. so that we can, we overflow yeah and so we're overflowing with this love and we and this kindness too uh that we are able to show others that we're able to give to others and that really paints like a good picture of how we're supposed to um really show god's love 
yeah. and how other people can get to know him. Yeah. Um, cause other people really see, uh, through that kindness, like who Jesus is and who his followers are. Yeah. And we show love through like the Holy spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Like God has given us the, the comforter, the, not so that we can just live complacent, comfortable lives, right? Just kind of receiving and receiving and receiving, but he comforts us so that we can comfort others so that we can pour out so that we can go out. And like I said before, be the hands and feet of Jesus to a world who so desperately longs for hope, right? Oh yeah. For so desperately longs for peace. So desperately longs for, for love and acceptance. And, and that's the beautiful thing about Jesus is you, you read the gospels and his whole life was not about it wasn't comfortable, right? It wasn't this idea of just receiving these this divine blessing from the Father and then keeping it to himself. It was like it he didn't even have a home. He was technically homeless. <laughs> he was technically a homeless man. And he did that so that he his whole life could be people, right? And I think that is what displays like the fullness of of who Jesus is is his love wasn't limited to kind of just sitting passively it was like active right and that is how i think that we um, we experience the fullness of god like the bible talks a lot about like living in the fullness of god i think that's how we experience the fullness we not only receive but then we put it into practice right yeah. we put into practice what we receive yeah and that shows like if we're loving others that really shows like that we have God in us. Yeah. Um, but it is cool how Jesus, like his, his kindness that you saw in, when, like in the Bible to people who were outcasts or people who were like, you know, not normal people in society that like gained respect. And Jesus showed them like all the love and all of the kindness. But it's, it's hard. The Pharisees who like he, he was even very harsh with, he still loved them. Oh, like, yeah. He still sh- like gave them every opportunity to, to follow him. Look at Nicodemus, right? He, he didn't talk to Nicodemus like a normal Pharisee, right? He sat him down. He walked him th- in John three. He walked him through like his questions. Cause Nicodemus had, was kind of an intellectual guy and he had a lot of questions and Jesus didn't just say like, Oh, you're part of the brood of vipers. He said, okay, well let's, let's walk through this. Let's talk through this. Why? Because he genuinely loved each individual person he came into contact with, and he still loves each and every one of us individually. And that is how this abstract, this, this idea or this, this person, the, the, the God creator shows his love to us through the person of Jesus Christ, through the self-sacrifice and, and, and honestly just giving up comforts and giving up luxuries for the sake of others right yeah and but it it's hard to love others oh yeah (laughs) it's definitely not easy that's been something that i've definitely been working on recently because i can kind of get into this mode where it's just like i don't i don't want to deal with people yeah like i don't like people and we all need time to retreat yes but ultimately god god wants us to refresh and to be refreshed to be rejuvenated so that we can go and pour out right so that we can um and he doesn't call us to comfort, right? He doesn't want us to live comfortable lives because ultimately that's not where the presence of God is fully experienced, right? You can still experience the presence of God there, but God wants us to have that fullness of life that can only come by saying, hey, I'm going to sacrifice my comfort for the sake of not only knowing God, but loving others and and living out the greatest commandment that we've talked about, right? That That Jesus talked a lot about in his ministry. 
But hey, thank you guys so much for listening today. Thank you guys so much for tracking along with us. If you have any questions, because this this concept is a it's a tough concept to grasp this this <laughs> idea of God's love and and like is is God angry at us? And again, to kind of recap, like the que- the answer to that, the simple answer is, is no, no, He's not angry with you. He loves you, and He wants to be with you. But again, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. You can reach out on all the Bay Hope social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. We would love to hear from you. Uh, Again, we would love to just connect with you and see what you are figuring out in your life. But hey, uh, thank you guys again for joining us this week. We'll see you next time. See you guys.